Good morning, Orlando. Good Wednesday morning to you. Glad you're up bright and early here at 6 o'clock as we bring you our very first look at Orlando's news, weather, and traffic right here, right now on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning Florida's crime rate drops to a 47 year low, and a tropical disturbance is given a 50% chance of becoming a depression. We'll have the details coming up in one minute. And that, Deb, is why we're bringing on an AccuWeather meteorologist live to talk about what we might be dealing with in the run-up and throughout the upcoming Memorial Day weekend. Stay with us on that. It's next on Good Morning Orlando. And happy hump day. It's 6.01 on News Radio 1025. Florida got a bit safer last year. Governor Rick Scott says the state's overall crime rate went down by 6%. Today, I'm proud to announce that crime in our state is at a 50 or a 47-year low. So I'm proud to announce that crime in our state is at a 47-year low. There was also a 3% reduction in violent crimes. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Boy, that is stunning news, you Isn't know. Isn't that good news? Yeah. Almost all the crimes were down, not everyone. No. I think rape was up, right? Yes, rape and uh, domestic violence actually was up, but murders, burglaries, and assaults were down. My name is Rick Scott, and I'm running for Senate. <laughs> That's a piece of good news that will be heard during the campaign. Absolutely, and well, it should. The other big story of the day, and uh, I know uh, one you're getting ready to talk to an official about, is forecasters at the National Hurricane Center now say there is a 50% chance that that disturbance headed for the Gulf of Mexico could become a tropical depression. The system is located just east of the Yucatan Peninsula. It's producing a large area of cloudiness and showers extending from the northwestern Caribbean Sea across Cuba and into Florida. Now, whether the weather system becomes a depression or not, much of the Sunshine State can, can expect rather locally heavy rainfall and possible flooding through the Memorial Day weekend. And we'll get the very latest on that specifically about what kind of rain we might be talking about, maybe wind as well, on what days in the important upcoming Memorial Day weekend. That's just ahead with our AccuWeather meteorologist live with me on the 50,000-watt front porch, Deb. And to that end, Governor Rick Scott is urging Floridians to prepare for significant rain and possible flooding as the state continues to monitor the development of that weather system in the Caribbean Sea. The governor has also directed the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission to preposition and stage its high-water vehicles and all other flood response resources for rapid deployment if needed. The uh, National Hurricane Center, again, tropical depression, 50% chance, but we'll get the official word in just a few moments. Farther west, a fountain of lava is gushing up to 160 feet high from the cracks of the Kilauea volcano in Hawaii. A river of molten rock was flowing from fissures east of Kilauea Tuesday and shows no sign of slowing as it poured into the ocean. The Hawaii County Civil Defense says lava is creeping toward a geothermal power plant on the island and that supplies at least 30% of the power to the island. But that all wells at the plant have been plugged and that there's a low risk of danger to the community if it is damaged by that lava. This is getting worse. It and really is. no end in sight. Nobody has a clue where, you know, when this ends and to what extent it will grow. And now that the lava has reached the ocean, it's created what they call lays, L-A-Z-E, yeah. and it's basically highly toxic gas with gas uh, with glass particles and it says it will kill you if you breathe it. Yeah, very acidic, yeah. Yeah, very acidic. The nation's first black female governor may be coming from Georgia. Stacey Abrams won the Democratic nomination for governor of Georgia yesterday. Abrams defeated former state representative Stacey Evans and will face either Republican Lieutenant Governor Casey Cagle or Secretary of State Brian Kemp. And finally, Ariana Grande is paying tribute to the victims of last year's Manchester bombing. Yeah. 
The incident happened one year ago yesterday, and Grande took to Twitter to say she was thinking of everyone affected on that, quote, challenging day. The tweet included a B, the symbol of the city of Manchester, England. The bombing right after her show at Manchester Arena last year killed 22 people and injured over 500 A memorial service was held in the city yesterday for the victims. Thousands of people also attended a performance by a choir made up of survivors of the attack that sang some of Grande's hits. We remember it well. Nice move by the performer. Very much so, yeah. uh, Local, uh, actually a native of Boca Raton. WFLA News Time at 6.06, and you can read about Sweden distributing pamphlets to its residents. Quote, be prepared for war. End quote. Sweden? That's exactly what I thought when I saw the headline. Sweden? I can't, I can't, I don't think there's anybody alive Why in Sweden, Sweden? <laughs> who ever had anything to do with a war. I mean, that country has, has, has not gotten involved in any no. along the way. Very interesting. Okay, where do we read about that? Well, you can go to 1025wfla.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. Weather and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. David, so great to have you back with us. You suddenly took uh, sick. You were under the weather, and there's a lot of weather to be under around here. You got that nasty stomach bug yesterday. Yes, and, and it's going around. Yeah, so it's rough. It's a good thing that uh, school is ending because then hopefully it'll lessen the chances of kids coming home from school with it. But uh, definitely wash your hands and. Maybe just do a fist bump instead of shaking hands or, you know, giving a kiss on the cheek or something. Because uh-huh. it, it was not a fun day yesterday. It's awfully good to have you back. And you look terrific. To <laughs> Thank and you. I'll she, always, she always sounds great. Nobody sounds better than Deborah Roberts. <laughs> Deb, you'll be back doing the news, top and bottom of the hour, whenever it breaks. My co-host here on Good Morning Orlando, our executive producer, Yaffe, through the glass in the control room. And alongside Yaffe, we've got Steph screening your calls at 407-916-5400. Text line 23680, where standard message and data rates apply. Of course, everybody's wondering, well, wait a minute, Memorial Day weekend. We've been in the soup with the weather. It got a little bit better yesterday. Today, it doesn't look too bad. But now they're talking about something from the tropics coming up here, big time perhaps. Maybe just a rainmaker, which would be bad enough on the holiday weekend. Maybe more than that. Now the chances of development are reportedly up to 50%. We'll have an AccuWeather meteorologist here to analyze this as best they can tell what we might be looking at day by day through the Memorial Day weekend. That's coming right up. couple of things first, though. I want you to stay tuned immediately here for your chance to win your share of $880,000 in cash. It's our Make Your Wallet Great Again texting contest. Easy to play, and why not? Take your best shot. Listen to the new keyword of the hour coming up in seconds. Then you just text that word to 200, 200, you could be our next $1,000 winner. So we've got that, and we have an update as well on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. So much to talk about together this morning on the 50,000 watt front porch, and as always, so glad you're with us. But I think before we do anything with the upcoming Memorial Day weekend and all the plans you have here or to travel or whatever. Um, we need to get a handle on this tropical system that forecasters think may be a factor here through the Memorial Day weekend. And with that in mind, we're going to start by bringing on AccuWeather meteorologist Evan Duffy. Welcome back to Good Morning Orlando, Evan. We appreciate you coming on this early. No problem. So what do you see out of this system now way down in the Caribbean? What's the best AccuWeather forecast at this point, day by day, as we get into the weekend? What do you think? 
Yeah, well, let's go talk uh, development potential right off the bat because that's been a big question. And uh, it still looks like it's a low uh, low chance for developing into an actual organized tropical system, be it a depression storm or, or whatnot. Uh, just due to the fact that uh, right now we're not looking at the most favorable conditions, uh, ocean temperatures not quite up to the normal uh uh, up to the, the the level we need to see development, and there is some wind shear uh, over the system as well. So I'll get that out of the way. But uh, that doesn't really make much of a difference. Even if it were developed, the impact's probably still going to be the same as we head towards the weekend. It looks like it's just going to be awfully wet across the entire Florida Peninsula, even up in the Panhandle on the central Gulf Coast. Uh, the, the best of the moisture probably, unfortunately, waits for the holiday weekend, Saturday, Sunday, into Monday. Could be uh, quite damp across all of Florida. The best uh, chance for really heavy rain uh, being on uh, late Saturday afternoon into Sunday morning at this point, uh, although the system has trended slower and slower, so perhaps Sunday uh, is the best time by the time we get to the weekend. Now, what about the Memorial Day um, uh, observances that will be throughout Central Florida? I'm going to be emceeing one out at Glen Haven Park, as I have for so many years, and so many folks join me for that. On Memorial Day itself, might whatever this amounts to have passed pretty much? Uh, looks like it's still going to be stuck in uh, stuck in our na- neighborhood really? uh, for the the holiday as well. In fact, it looks like even on Tuesday and, and, and into the middle of next week, uh, this tr- stream of tropical moisture isn't going to really be going anywhere, even if the low-pressure uh, system itself that we've been talking about has moved inland. The moisture will still be there, and the reason for all this is the Bermuda High has been a little bit strong here early in the season, and that's created a, a pathway basically from northern southern uh, – South America all the way up through the uh, Caribbean into our area. We've just seen a constant stream of moisture, and and that is not expected to change. If you look at the month of May so far, uh, at this point in the month uh, in Orlando, we should have seen 1.97, so about two inches of rain, and we've seen basically five and a half. So we're yeah. already at 279% of normal. <laughs> Um, and as we go on here and through the end of the month. i got to uh, ask you two questions continue. before you go. First of all, everybody's hearing that now the chance of some development of this tropical system uh, is up, up to 50%. Is AccuWeather going with that? And when you say development, what are you talking about? Getting to a depression? Getting to tropical storm status? I mean, what might development represent in terms of the intensity of this thing? And are you going with the 50% or are you, or are you not going that high? Yeah, well, for the next uh, next uh, 72 hours, the, the percent chance is probably closer to, to 10%. Uh, but it's really what we're, we're talking about is a time frame. If there's going to be development, be Saturday and a Sunday. And uh, 50% is probably a little bit high, in, in, in my opinion. Um, probably closer to 30% okay. would be where I would land on this. But, uh, you know, if at least for a depression, uh, I could definitely see it happen, and it's definitely in the realm of possibilities. But I think the key thing to remember, as I kind of said before, is uh, if this thing develops or not, the impact doesn't really change. It's still going to be that heavy soaking rain and, uh, and flood threat is going to be the, the main issue. Uh, but, okay. uh, if, you know, there would be a small area of wind we'd have to be concerned about, obviously, then as well. Here's what I'm worried about. We seem to be stuck in this pipeline of tropical moisture coming right up through the Florida Peninsula. Is that likely to develop into a a prevalent hurricane track in this season, or, or is there no connection? Well, the Bermuda High should move around and weaken as we move on throughout the season here, and we'll see some changes. Uh, right now for the early season, as we go through, let's say, uh, the middle of June, if we're going to see something develop, this is going to be the, the area that's going to want to do it, the Western Caribbean up to the, the Central Gulf. 
Um, so we'll have to watch the area. As we move on later in the season, I think that we'll see some shifts and some changes to that trend and, uh, and uh, hopefully dry out uh, at least for a while here. I- I'm sure that everyone's getting tired of the rain. We most certainly are, but we're never tired of you and your colleagues at AccuWeather who do such a great job for us. Evan Duffy, meteorologist with AccuWeather, live on the 50,000-watt front porch. Thank you so much for the very latest on this. Yep, no problem. Stay dry this weekend. Uh, we're going to do our very best in that regard, okay? Um, <laughs> this is Trump's final victory over the ATM machine, the anti-Trump media machine. He's going to swallow them up, Yaffe. <laughs> Send them to the sinkhole, huh? They're all going to be gone. <laughs> They'll be in the middle of a briefing. Jim Acosta will be going off the rails for CNN, their White House correspondent, and suddenly... <laughs> They'll all be gone. Be a sign from God. <laughs> That's just too good. But it's um, it's a network report. AccuWeather. It's being run on an AccuWeather website, too. CBS has got it. <laughs> anyway, we can only hope. Um, let's see. President Trump yesterday at the White House with South Korea's president. Still working on that summit with North Korea's dictator Kim Jong-un set for the 12th of June in Singapore, Southeast Asia. Increasing uh, talk now that the North Koreans are going to back out of this, that China's been leaning on them. Uh, Here is Trump on what may or may not happen. I will uh, guarantee his safety, yes. We will guarantee his safety. We'll see what happens. Uh, There are certain conditions that we want, and I think we'll get those conditions. And if we don't, we don't have the meeting. In the end, it'll work out. Can't tell you exactly how or why, but it always does. It's going to work out. All right, and then the president went off in front of the South Korean president on um, on the news that now seems pretty clear that the FBI planted one or more informants in the Trump campaign. You know, of course, from the FBI side and the Mueller side, it would be all about determining whether an unfriendly foreign power like Russia was meddling in our election. So we, we, we had this and we had to put somebody in there to figure out what is going on. Trump doesn't see it that way because he doesn't think any of that was particularly going on, at least not relative to his campaign. He... He smells the same rat that I am smelling, and he talked about it yesterday about the FBI planting informants, a.k.a. spies, in his campaign and why they were doing it. If they had spies in my campaign, that would be a disgrace to this country. That would be one of the biggest insults that anyone's ever seen, and it would be very illegal, aside from everything else. It would make probably every political event ever look like small potatoes. If they had spies in my campaign, during my campaign for political purposes, that would be unprecedented in the history of our country. And the president tweeted late last night, the spy was there early in the campaign and yet never reported collusion with Russia because there was no collusion. He was only there to spy for political reasons and to help crooked Hillary win, just like they did to Bernie Sanders, who got duped. My big question on all of this If the FBI put informants in the Trump campaign strictly to figure out what an unfriendly foreign power Russia was up to to mess with our election, then why did they not tip off the Trump campaign at the time and say, listen, this is what we think is going on with Russia. You guys keep your eyes on it. We keep our eyes on it. We'll figure this out and we'll make sure we stop it. They never did that. They never did that. And that just lends tremendous credence and weight, I think, 
to the contention that it wasn't about finding out what Russia was up to nearly as much as it was finding out what Trump's campaign was up to so the information could be transferred to the Clinton campaign and Hillary could win and Trump would be denied the White House. That's the question, because they never did tip them off. And if it was for all the right reasons, you know, protect the American people and the American electoral system, why didn't they clue the Trump campaign in? Because that's not what they were all about, and that's not what they were interested in doing. And that's not what the informants, a.k.a. spies, were all about. There's still a lot we don't know, but the president, I believe, is right on this, and I predict we will know that at some point. I have a lot more to talk to you about here on the Trump train. If you want to react to what I've been saying and what you've heard so far, we'll do another segment on it. 407-916-5400, 407-916-5400, text line 23680, where standard message and data rates apply. Bottom of the hour right now, Deborah Roberts coming up with the news, and stay tuned on that. Good morning, Orlando at 630. It's rare when we have a good news story involving crime, but Deb, we've got one to lead off with this morning. Yes, it's finally some good news. And they finished counting all the crimes committed in Florida during 2017. And Governor Rick Scott says the crime rate in the Sunshine State is now at its lowest level in 47 years. Florida's crime rate dropped by 6% in 2017 including a reduction in violent crime by more than 3%. Scott made the announcement at the Jacksonville Sheriff's Office. He says law enforcement officers deserve credit for the lower crime rate. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. One man is dead and another is critically injured after a plane crash in Volusia County. The Sheriff's Office says a small single-engine plane narrowly missed hitting a home as it went down last night in the Spruce Creek fly-in gated aviation community in Port Orange. One crash victim was pronounced dead at the scene. The second was transported by ambulance to Halifax Health Medical Center, where he's in critical condition. Rescue officials are trying to identify the victims and notify their families. And one Florida city made the top 15 in an annual ranking of cities and their parks, but others didn't do so well. St. Pete is 15th best among the nation's 100 biggest cities, according to the Trust for Public Lands Park Score Index. Spokesman Charlie McCabe says Orlando is working on bettering their score. It's a big city. It's a, it, it's a growing city. And uh, I know that they have uh, you know, some continuing efforts to try to add more parks and also spend more on parks. Yeah, park score rankings are based equally on four factors. Park access, which measure, measures the percentage of residents living within a 10-minute walk to a park. Park acreage, which is based on a city's median park size and the percentage of total city area dedicated to parks. Park investment, which measures park spending per resident, and park amenities, which counts the availability of six popular park features, basketball hoops, off-leash dog parks, playgrounds, splash pads, very important here in Florida, Mm -hmm. and other water play structures, recreation, and senior centers and restrooms. And finally, a NASCAR team will be honoring a fallen Utah soldier during this weekend's Coca-Cola 600 in Charlotte, North Carolina. Quinn Butler is looking forward to seeing the name of his brother Aaron on the car of driver Eric Almarola on Sunday. It's going to be a special, almost sacred moment, you know, when I get to see the car. This Army staff sergeant was killed in Afghanistan last August. Aaron Butler's fiance also plans to be in Charlotte for Sunday's race. And you can get these stories and more at 1025wfla.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando continues now with Gina Cervetti and the Bloomberg Business Report. 
And thank you, Deb. Gina joining us live, as always, from the Bloomberg Newsroom in New York City. And good Wednesday morning to you, Gina. Good Wednesday morning to you, bud. You've been checking out the stock futures, and uh, you've got some information on what was influencing the market yesterday. How about Mm -hmm. we start there? All right. Well, we have the stock futures pointing to a lower Wall Street open, tracking global markets lower this morning as investors assess geopolitical risks. Stocks fell yesterday as President Donald Trump cast out on that meeting with the North Korean leader. The Dow was down 179 points to 24,834. The S&P down nine or three-tenths to 27.24. The Nasdaq was lower by 16. Shares of J.C. Penney fell 6% on news that the CEO, Marvin Ellison, is leaving that company to become the chief executive of Lowe's. We had the Bloomberg Orlando Index down about 1%. We also heard from Lowe's this morning on their latest earnings, posting profit and sales that fell short in the latest quarter. All right, there's the latest on that front. Banking regulations, there's a movement afoot to revamp them, and apparently it is advancing. What's the latest on that for us, Gina? That's right. The U.S. House has approved a sweeping overhaul of banking regulations, sending the bill to President Donald Trump. Lawmakers voted 258 to 159 to advance a measure that's the product of years of financial industry lobbying to soften post-crisis rules. Dodd-Frank, the legislation gives smaller banks relief from post-crisis rules that they've decried as burdensome and costly. All right, Gina, how about an update now on what you told us yesterday that Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg was going to be um, testifying before the European Union lawmakers. Uh, I guess that has happened. How did Mm -hmm. that go? Well, the uh, European lawmakers uh, were not exactly pleased with what they got out of Facebook's Mark Zuckerberg. He left them fuming over unanswered questions at the end of the hearing that began with a mea culpa, an apology for the company's recent privacy problems. Zuckerberg, though, annoyed lawmakers by batting away many of their questions, including whether the company is a monopoly that needs to be broken up. Very interesting there. And we're all familiar with Cracker Barrel. We got them all over the place here. They yep. line, you know, exits at interstates from one end of this country to the other. But Cracker Barrel's facing some challenges, right? They are. They're facing higher food prices. The breakfast chain says it now expects commodity inflation of three and a quarter percent for the fiscal year compared to a previous estimate of as much as three percent. At the heart of this, egg prices have been on the rise, crimping profit margins at casual dining chains like Cracker Barrel. Here's a story as we wrap things up, Gina, that a lot of folks who go to work every day in an office can relate to. It's too hot. It's too cold. And there's apparently a survey about how many workers are really unhappy about how the temperature is set where they go and spend their day. Yes, if you and your coworkers are battling over the thermostat, it seems that you have a lot of company. CareerBuilder found that 15% of employees have argued with a colleague about the temperature, and about 19% have secretly changed the thermostat in the summertime, being too hot had more of an impact on productivity than employees saying that it was too cold in the office. Yeah, I would agree with that. When it's it's too hot where you're working, it just sucks the life out of you, doesn't it? At least when it's cold, you can bundle up. Exactly. It's a lot easier to deal with that. Gina, thank you. Fascinating, important information as always from the one and only Gina Cervetti with the Bloomberg Business Report out of New York City every morning on Good Morning Orlando. We'll catch you tomorrow morning. Have a wonderful day. Thanks, bud. You too. All right, coming up here... I've got some stunning polling numbers for Trump. 
and the Republican Party. Have you heard this? You will in a moment, and we'll update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic as well here in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. We don't know how all of this is going to unfold for Trump with Mueller, but the news that there were FBI informants planted in the Trump campaign in 2016, maybe more than one, um, the president's all over this, saying it's all for political purposes. Of course, the other side of that will be we had to do it for national security and intelligence matters to protect the electoral process and, by extension, the American public from meddling by an unfriendly foreign power, Russia. But my question is, if they were doing it for that reason, the Mueller gang, the special counsel, why would they not have tipped off the Trump campaign and said, listen, we're going to put these informants in here because we, we believe that Russia is trying to meddle in this election. You watch for them, we'll watch for them, and we'll find them out and we'll stop this. And they never did that. And as I, as I say, and as the president, I think this is fueling where he's going on this. If they didn't tip off the Trump campaign, they weren't putting in the informants, the spies, for that reason. They were doing it to try to find out what the Trump campaign was up to so they could give the information to the Clinton campaign and Hillary could be the next president of the United States. Okay? I don't know the answer to that question. But that's an important question, Yaffe, is it not, to ask if they were only in it for, you know, protecting the electoral process, why would they not have clued the Trump campaign people in on it? Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. That's an important question. I'm not willing to go as far to say that the FBI was trying to help the Hillary campaign. I'm just not there yet. But could you imagine if we said six months ago that there were FBI informants in Trump's campaign? Everyone would call us a conspiracy theorist. Yeah. And now it's actually true. It actually has happened. So anything is possible, it seems like, with what's going on here. Interesting polling numbers right now from CBS. Their CBS YouGov poll that is out. It's amazing. Nearly two in three Americans. That's about, you know, 65, 70% think the nation's economy is in good shape. Most of them believe President Trump's policies are at least somewhat responsible for that. That is a hugely important poll. Those numbers are astounding. They really are. And people vote, as I've told you, and it's not an original thought. Anybody who studies politics knows this. They vote with their wallet. You know, how things are going for them with their money and their personal economy, that determines who they vote for more than anything else. Now, Reuters has come out with the latest installment of their tracking poll on the generic ballot of people more inclined to vote Republican or vote for Democrats when they see them on the ballot. The entire past year, the Democrats have had the lead. This was supposed to be evidence of the growing blue wave that would break over the Republican Party like a tsunami in the midterm elections in November and sweep the Democrats into power to control the House and the Senate and then begin impeachment proceedings against Trump to get him out of there. Suddenly, it has all changed. The latest Reuters tracking poll shows that the Republicans are now up 6% on the generic ballot. It's amazing. Six points. They're up six. They haven't been up any other time in the last year. Republicans on the generic ballot favored by 40.7%. Democrats, they're down to 34.5%. If that continues, there will be no blue wave 
If that continues, Trump and company will have done something that is rarely done, actually stem the tide of losing seats in a midterm right after a president is elected to the first term and actually picking up seats and further locking in their majorities in the Senate and in the House, if that continues. It's the economy, Yaffe. It's Trump's successes and a lot of things he's doing. But it's also the Democrats in disarray. They got a huge split now between the mainstream and the left wing. And they've got all of their key players are fossils. They're too old. They're yesterday's news. It's Pelosi. It is Schumer. It is Biden. It is Bernie Sanders. Who else does the Democrat Party have that's a compelling national candidate? And, 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 and what does the Democrat Party stand for except we hate Trump? You know, I think that's the issue right there. That question, that last question you said, it seemed like that is all they have stood for recently is they hate Trump. Even Bernie Sanders is starting to back off of that a little bit and say, we need to have a platform. Is that, That's what he said over the weekend. We can't just talk about impeachment. Yeah, there you go. Because it's not working. Yep, and the party is sliding way to the left. So, you know, everybody's been talking about the rift within the Republican Party. Mainliners, rhinos, if you will, and conservatives, they got a huge growing rift in the that's Democrat true. Party that's a big problem for them. And they have no appealing cohesive message and no appealing big-time candidates. They don't. So there you go. 407-916-5400. If you have thoughts on all of that, text line 23680. Standard message and data rate supply there. I want to know what you think of this. Senator Marco Rubio is a big pro football fan. And knowing that, the TMC reporter this week buttonholed Rubio on um, controversial former NFL quarterback Colin Kaepernick, who turned off millions of NFL fans for his refusal to stand for the national anthem and his claims of police brutality toward people of color. Rubio, though, thinks Kaepernick deserves another shot in the NFL. Listen here and tell me what you think of Rubio. Certainly, what is it, 64 backup quarterbacks, 64 quarterbacks in the NFL? There aren't 63 people better than him. Right. So um, that's a good question to ask. Look, I don't, I, I support his right to stand for what he does. I don't agree with what he did, but I support his right to do it. But if you're just talking football, I mean, there's a dearth of good quarterbacks, and he certainly, there aren't 63 better quarterbacks in the world. I don't understand it. It's hard to, you know, people don't sign people for a lot of different reasons. So he's going to get a shot, I believe, if he wants one. I think Rubio's going to lose some support on that. Good thing he doesn't have to worry about running for re-election for several years right now. But the one point he doesn't bring up is the one that I always bring up, 407-916-5400. If you want to get in on this, text line 23680, standard message and data rate supply. Is, is Kaepernick, what he did is bad for business. They were hemorrhaging fans, TV ratings down substantially, stadiums not full, other players doing the same thing. The fan base is very patriotic, and, uh, and, and they, they feel like, sure, if you want to protest what you think is police brutality against people of color, do it somewhere. Don't do it in the stadium when everybody else is singing the national anthem and saluting the flag. And, he, and, and I think that that's the key here. By the way, the NFL is now reportedly considering imposing a 15-yard penalty for a team that has players that kneel when the anthem is played. They're trying to come up with a national anthem policy in ahead of the upcoming season. 
Let's go to Scott in Orlando. Scott, you're on with a bud man on Rubio and Kaepernick. What do you think? Uh, I think Kaepernick needs to stand up and be a man and apologize to American people, the American vets, the, the military for disgracing America for not standing up for national anthem. You know, if he did that and apologized, I could consider giving him a second chance. But he doesn't even think that he should be doing that. Well, uh, listen, I, I, I think you and I will be ice skating on Lake Eola in uh, August before that happens because hell will have frozen over. I don't think it's going to happen. Do you? And then, and then he shouldn't come back. I know? agree with you 100% because he's he poison business-wise, and this is a business. That's not collusion against the, uh, uh, by the all the 32 owners. It's the 32 owners independently looking at the bottom line of their own team and saying, I'd again not have Kaepernick on it. It's going to wind up costing me fans and costing me money. That's the issue there. Good morning, Orlando. Top of the morning to you here on a Wednesday. The 50,000-watt front porch open for business. Here comes our latest look at Orlando's news, weather, and traffic for you right here, right now on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning Florida's crime rate drops to a 47 year low, and a shootout and standoff ends with the suspect's death. We'll have the details coming up in one minute. When what should we do with about 20 high school kids who staged a mass shooting as a prank? Coming up on Good Morning Orlando. <laughs> Happy uh, Wednesday at 7.04 on News Radio 1025. Give us just a moment as Bud and I enjoy seeing something we uh, haven't seen here in Central Florida for 11 days. Well, I'm feeling better already. I run on solar power, and we haven't <laughs> had much of that, have we? <laughs> no, we have not. Here's some more good news. The Florida Department of Law Enforcement says Florida's crime rate dropped by 6% last year, and Governor Rick Scott says law enforcement deserves the credit. Most importantly, I want to thank all of our law enforcement putting their lives on the line every day to keep Florida's families safe. Our state is continually, our state continually decreasing its crime rate is a reminder of the dedication and hard work of every, each and every member of our law enforcement community. There were fewer murders, assaults, robberies, and burglaries, but the crime report also shows an increase in the number of rapes and incidents of domestic violence. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. The suspect in a shooting and barricade situation in Panama City, Florida, is dead. Bay County Sheriff Tommy Ford says police found 49-year-old Kevin Holroy dead inside an apartment doused with gasoline after he exchanged gunfire with officers. This was a every law enforcement officer's worst nightmare today. They were facing, we were facing uh, gunfire uh, from a elevated target, um, multiple rounds uh, shot. Ford says Holroyd's body was discovered after police heard a, quote, muffled shot from inside the apartment and there was no more contact with the suspect. The sheriff, however, wouldn't elaborate on the nature of the suspect's gunshot wounds. A woman was hit by gunfire as she exited her apartment as and is in stable condition. Police say Holroyd is a suspect in a suspicious death in nearby Walton County. School safety is being discussed at the Texas State Capitol after last week's mass shooting at a high school south of Houston. Governor Greg Abbott told reporters yesterday that a one-size-fits-all plan won't work for every school or school district like metal detectors, but that a threat assessment strategy could work across the state. Two other roundtables will happen today and tomorrow. Meanwhile, it's down to the final three days of the school year in Seminole County, and students don't have to worry about bringing their backpacks. 
A year-end ban on backpacks has been expanded countywide after having already been the policy at many individual schools. District officials say the goal is to prevent students from bringing items that can be used for pranks, such as water balloons or silly string being that it is the end of the school year. Orange County had already banned backpacks during the final days of school for years, and Polk County put a ban in place after their recent deadly school shooting in Santa Fe, Texas. You talk about pranks. We're going to be talking about the school prank of all pranks and what ought to be done with a bunch of kids who staged a simulated mass shooting. What were they thinking? That's the question. But also, what should be done to penalize them enough to deter anyone else from trying this? It is outrageous. We'll be talking about it shortly. All right. Well, some uh, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas survivors are taking their call for gun reform to Congress. Students from Stoneman Douglas High School are in Washington to appear at a forum today organized by the Gun Violence Prevention Task Force. The task force includes Florida Congresswoman Frederica Wilson and Congressman Ted Deutsch. The South Florida Sun Sentinel reports the event starts at 2 and will be streamed on C-SPAN 3. Finally, MSD survivors have another way to make their voices heard. A documentary called We Are the Change premiered last night in Fort Lauderdale. The film shows the students' trip to D.C. to push for new gun laws and to take part in the March for Our Lives. Survivor Lizzie Eaton was at the premiere, and she told Local 10 News she wants to make sure no one has to go through the pain she went through. WFLA News Time at 7.07. Read about a sinkhole opening on the White House lawn. Yeah, I had this early on this morning. Yeah, and it's growing, too. It's right outside the press room. Trump's going to get him. Yeah, he is. I <laughs> <laughs> think that's what's going on here. Just swallow him up and we're done with him. <laughs> you can read about it. Careful, you're part of that at 1025WFLA.com. The second hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. Thank you, Deb. Great to have you with us here, everybody. Deb's back after a day off with uh, something nasty. Yeah. You doing all right? My own Kilauea volcano eruption going on. Stop it. TMI. (laughs) But we're glad you're back and looking and sounding great, Deb. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. uh, The Deb Meister back with the news at the bottom of the hour. Whenever it breaks as we roll on here from the Front Gate Realty Studio, visit laurahasthebuyers.com. Coming up, another word from Deb, and then stay tuned for your shot at winning your share of $880,000 in cash and our Make Your Wallet Great Again texting contest. Come on, you can play. It's easy to do, and you could be a winner. Listen now for the new key word of the hour coming up in about a minute. Then text that word to 200-200. You could be our next $1,000 winner, like the one recently still celebrating up in Volusia County. In a moment, we need to talk about the senior prank of all pranks in this day and age. They stage a simulated mass school shooting and cause panic. What should be done with these kids so nobody else tries this? We'll have the conversation, and we'll talk with you next. We'll have that in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic. We'll be updated, as always, in two minutes. So stick around here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. There is no more compelling and disturbing and distressing story than these School massacres. We've just had one in Texas. We remember Parkland back in February here in Florida and so many across the country in recent years. Nothing's as disturbing as that. But these bogus school threats, we've had a huge problem with that in Central Florida. Um, I know up in Volusia County, and we had them on, their, their fine sheriff, Mike Chitwood, is saying, we're cracking down on this. We want to throw the full weight of the law at these kids. We want everyone else to know. 
that, you know, there could be serious legal consequences for you if you try this kind of thing. But then there's something we have not seen before, and my God, we better not see it again. And I hope that they really throw the book at these kids in Maryland, up at Bowie High School. What were these seniors thinking? In this climate, imagine this. This is the way it went down, and it's now coming to light. It happened a few days before the Texas school massacre, but of course with Parkland and others fresh in our minds. A senior prank was joined in by 20 senior students. This is what they did in their high school. As the school day began, they burst in with water pistols that looked like real guns. They had black masks covering their faces. They wore dark clothing. So they had guns that looked like the real thing. They weren't the real thing. What do you do for bullets to scare everybody to within an inch of their life? You set off firecrackers. You know, when people say, I thought the gunfire was firecrackers. Then I suddenly realized I was running for my life. We hear that all the time. So they set off firecrackers. There's a brief panic. The entire school is evacuated. And none of it is real. They thought it would be funny. They sprayed students and staff with their guns that were really water pistols. The school resource officer, the armed cop, headed in their direction. Thank God by the time he got there, everybody knew that this was a senior prank. Nothing funny about it. I wonder what these kids were thinking. What do you think ought to be done with them? There's a big debate going on in the school district and with the cops up in that area in Maryland about what charges ought to be filed, whether or not they should not be allowed to graduate. These are all seniors, 20 of them. I think they ought to do some jail time, but I don't know that they will. Here in Central Florida, these kids making bogus threats, the word is not too many of them wind up on the other side of the jail bars. What should be done with these kids? We need to create a deterrent, do we not, to this ever happening again. You cannot do this to people in this climate. People are in a total panic. It's unbelievable. An apology from the principal to the students for what happened here. They're talking about suspensions, no graduation. Some are talking about expulsion. The cops want charges filed and serious ones, and I think that is what needs to be done. Can now wonder here's one more thought before we take a break and I take your calls and texts on this. You tell me what you think of this prank, mass shooting prank at this school in Maryland and what you think the kids ought to do so we create a deterrent sufficient to anybody else trying such a thing. The um the school resource officer supposing he got there a little sooner and this looked like the real deal. That police officer hired to protect the lives of kids from a real mass killer could have shot and killed every single one of those kids because they were not truly armed, but it looked real for a brief time to everybody. Can you even imagine a scenario like that? Never seen anything like this. Hope to never see it again. And the way you 
deter this behavior is to really crack down on these kids. I think they do need to spend some time in jail. I think they do need to pay a very serious price. What would you do in this situation? 407-916-5400. Text me at 23680. I think these kids, these 20 of them who staged this senior prank, terrifying everybody in their own high school by making it look like a mass shooting, the way they came in there, should be denied the privilege of graduation. Let them go get a GED somewhere else some other time on their own. They ought to be hit with severe charges. They all ought to be incarcerated. My guess is none of those punishments will be administered. That if they're denied the graduation ceremony, they'll still get their diploma. And these are kids, and kids do silly things and make mistakes, and it was awful. But we don't want to put the little ones in the slammer, not even for a minute. I guarantee you that. I almost guarantee you that's how it's going to play out. What do you guys think? Yaffe, Steph, then I'm going to the phones. I completely agree with you. I mean, what they did was extreme, so they deserve the extreme punishment for that. They knew what they were doing. They're in high school. Come on, they're almost adults. How can it be 20 of them and not one of them said, wait a minute, let's put the brakes on this. This is nuts. Yeah, but Maryland's such a liberal state, so I'm sure nothing will happen. I don't know. Well, you know something, aren't they but supposed it's not going to be jail time or anything well, like that. Well, that. that's a great point, you know. But then again, if it's a liberal state, shouldn't you have all of these kids who would be anti-gun and wouldn't want to be doing anything like exactly. this? Exactly. I don't know. I don't know enough about these kids. Um, they're protecting them, but I, I want to I know more about these kids. Yaffe? Well, I mean, I agree with you that I can't believe 20 kids were able to. <laughs> not one of them could say, yeah, this is not a good idea. I liked your idea that you've had before, that they should be forced to go around to all these other schools and do seminars about why you should not do stuff like this. Yes, make that false would be good. Threats. That would be good. I and had that, forgotten about that. That if they want to graduate, they have to do so many of those around the school. That that or around the county or state or whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. That being said, taking away their high school diploma, you could ruin the rest of their lives for that. Yeah, I know. Well, but then you're just I'm then you sorry. have more consequences from that. Now you have they get their own get a GED somewhere high school GED equivalency. Is not a high school diploma. Get a high school equivalency diploma. They advertise them all the time. All right. I mean, you can't get into college that way. I mean, you're talking about ruining the rest of the kids' lives. Yeah, I know. Here's Hector in Orlando, well, retired police officer. What about it, Hector? Well, I think uh, Yappy's being too lenient. I spent 25 years in NYPD. And whenever somebody was robbed, whether it was a toy or not, as long as the victim believed that to be a weapon and was in fear of their lives, I would arrest them and they would be convicted for that crime and not convicted for a toy. So uh, I think they're being too lenient and they should be prosecuted. And guess what? Uh, Forget about what Yappy just said. I think they should forfeit did last year and have to complete that year again there you go i like that how about that yeah if you know well, that's else? that's i can understand that all right. okay all yes right. yeah but i mean i'm not when you start just wanting to destroy their lives it's more about revenge than it is about you know <laughs> trying to set a justice Dude, it's unbelievable how what they terrorized their an entire school i agree forcing an evacuation a brief complete panic The resource officer, if he'd gotten there a little quicker and it then was not revealed to be a prank, could have killed all of them. Yeah. Can you even imagine what he would would then have to live with? I can't, yeah. 
violence has got to be stopped, and you've got to be tough or you will never stop behavior unless you create a penalty so great that it changes behavior and it pulls idiot kids like this back from the brink of doing this awful thing. Little heads up in this half hour, we're going to play the Daily Sound Judgment Game and up for grabs the amazing, hard to get, but we've got them, Trump board game. You can win it. Stay tuned. Sound judgment coming up shortly. Now, uh, Deb, you're going to start us off with some great crime news, and we don't often have that, but we've got it in the Sunshine State. Yes, we certainly do. More than 600,000 crimes were committed in Florida last year, but that's actually an improvement. Governor Rick Scott announced in Jacksonville yesterday that the Sunshine State's crime rate went down by 6%, reaching a 47-year low. Out of seven different categories of crime, the only one that increased was rape, Almost 8,000 sexual assaults were reported in Florida, an increase of almost 5%. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Before we get to the headline of the pack of dachshunds attacking and killing a woman, here's a payoff on a story that Ellen Spector brought to you yesterday. All right. A New York State Supreme Court justice is indeed evicting a 30-year-old man from his parents' home. Michael Rotundo's parents had given him numerous notices, writing him at least five different letters telling him you have to work to leave their house, even even offering him money, $1,000 for a place to live, and advice on how to get a job. They were told they needed a Supreme Court justice to evict a family member, and yesterday, one ordered Rotundo out. Their son can't understand why. I'm not a burden to them in the home. They don't uh, provide laundry or food. Oh, that's uh, okay. It's, it's really a moot point. Uh, for them to seek me to be ejected. He called the ruling outrageous and said he was going to file an appeal, but after leaving court, he was seen, guess what? What? Returning to his parents' home. Oh, geez, what a mess he is. What a mess that family must be that this has to get into the legal system. You know, my dad, as I said to Alan yesterday, he would have kicked me out on the Shoe Leather Express. I mean, come on, it's the mom and dad's home. I know, He's I know. 30. And yet there's a lot Crazy. of parents, in fact, uh, quite a few that we work with, Bud, yeah. who have kids in their upper 20s to lower 30s who are still living at home. I wouldn't enable that, but that's just me. <laughs> yeah. well, my mama you? wouldn't have either. <laughs> All right, now to that story that really is hard to believe when you hear the headline, but it, it is true. An Oklahoma woman was killed after she was attacked by her neighbor's dogs, which were incredibly were dachshunds or wiener dogs. 52-year-old Tracy Garcia was mauled Thursday near an intersection in Ardmore by seven of the tiny dogs with short legs. Jeez. The dogs, which all weighed under 40 pounds, were believed to be a dachshund and terrier mix. One of the dogs was killed after officials arrived at the scene of the attack, while the owner has asked that the remaining dogs be euthanized. Charges have yet to be filed against the owner, but the district attorney is considering whether to move forward with the case. One animal, animal expert says, listen... Always go by their behavior, not by how they look. Well, you know, and it's funny. It, 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 you almost smile when you hear about it because it's dachshunds. How could they do this? But this is not a cartoon. This woman lost her life. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know. And it's a reminder that the size of the animal really doesn't matter. And for anyone who's ever been around a little dog, they tend to be the meaner of the dogs. The big dogs tend to be just, you know, kind of big and dumb. And they had a dachshund gang who assaulted yeah. this woman is what happened. Yeah, exactly. Amazing. And uh, finally, a Bernalillo County Fire Department firefighter recently used his personal drone to help rescue two hikers and their dog. Nice. Dr. Uh, Lieutenant, rather, David Lujan. 
A spokesman for the uh, fire department said the five-member crew on the ground was disoriented with only about two hours of daylight when the firefighter used his drone May 12th. When they found them, the dog was dehydrated and immobile, so the firefighters carried him for nearly two miles. You know, I had never thought when the, um, the domestic drone technology emerged, you know, we were all worried about privacy and drones looking in windows with cameras, but what they can do in remote areas to find people and save people and animals yeah. is now being revealed, and it's quite a story. It really is. There's, in fact, a gentleman in South Florida who's made it uh, pretty much his full-time job looking for lost dogs using a drone. Good stuff. Yeah. Thank you, Deb. Hey, listen, you're going to be back with us not only with the news at the top of the hour and whenever news breaks, but in one hour it'll be Wednesday at 840, and that means you do legal briefs with attorney Jeff Kaufman. What are you guys going to be talking about? Well, we definitely want to talk about those Maryland students staging a mass shooting as a, high, as a senior prank. We want to ask him, as an attorney who was licensed in 18 states, what can the law do to these kids to bring the, the, the law home to them, to remind mm-hmm. them this cannot happen, this is not funny, this is not a joke, Maybe they need to have the book thrown at them. Also going to ask about Michael Cohen's business partner and the more rumors of flipping. Mm -hmm. And, uh, of course, he also has something free for listeners, Jeff Kaufman does, on his website. Wanted to talk to him a bit more about that. But, of course, if you have a pressing legal issue and you'd love some free advice from literally the only attorney in the entire country who is licensed in 18 states, you can text it to us. Uh, standard message and data rates do apply to 23680. Yeah, don't give us a book. Give us a couple of lines. Yeah. And, and you might wind up having your legal issue addressed right on the radio in one hour. Deb will be back with attorney Jeff Kaufman for Legal Briefs at 840. Thanks, Deb. You're welcome, bud, man. In a moment, we're giving away a Trump board game. You've got to get this game to play with your friends and your family and see who's still friends when it's all over. The amazing and hard-to-get Trump policy board game is our special prize on our Sound Judgment game. Company rules, you're eligible. If you have not won Sound Judgment in 30 days, if you've won more recently than that, please stand aside on the honor system and let other folks have a shot at this prize. The Trump board game up for grabs on Sound Judgment. 407-916-5400 is the number. Call and lock in right now. 407-916-5400. An update on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic coming up as usual in two minutes, so I hope you'll stay with me for that here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Time for the Sound Judgment game, and let's talk about that special prize right now. Steph, what do we got? That's right. So, our Sound Judgment winner today gets their very own copy of the brand new Trump Policy board game. Play Trump Policy with your family, play it with your friends, and very soon you'll know whether they are your friends. Trump Policy gives everyone a chance to voice their opinion on key issues of the day and stand up for the kind of America they want. The new Trump policy game, a $40 value, is available at trumppolicy.net. Really classy, well-made, and a unique concept. There's nothing like it out there. They're hard to get, but we've got a pipeline to the maker, and we're making it available to you. It's a great gift as well, okay? The Trump policy board game up for grabs. If you want in, wait for a wrong answer that opens up one of our jammed phone lines, and you can call in then at 407 916 5,400. This is going to be interesting. Today's Sound Judgment Game focuses on one of the most polarizing women in America for the past 25 years. Lately, turns out she's developed a cult following after someone said she bears a resemblance to the notorious rapper B.I.G. I want you to listen to some sound of her joking about her newfound notoriety 
Then use your sound judgment to tell me who this is talking. It is amazing that at my advanced age, 85, so many people want to take a picture with me. <laughs> T-shirts, tote bags, big bibs, mugs, closet fresheners, coloring books. <laughs> Even tattoos bear my name and face. Do you know who that is? Let's go to the phones and find out if we can get a winner. Line one, who is that? I have no idea. Thanks for trying. Line open, grab it, 407-916-5400. A very famous name and a very influential person, okay, who drives me nuts on a regular basis. Line Three, who was that? Line three? Nope. Open line again. Grab it. You can win. 407-916-5400. The Trump board game up for grabs as we go to line four. Go ahead. Maya Angelou. No. Nope. 407-916-5400. Line one, brand new caller. Who is that? Turn the radio down. Turn the radio down. Hello? All right, turn, oh, go ahead, quickly. And that's Pelosi? No. Think Supreme Court, 407-916-5400. Line two, who is that? Line two. Justice Ginsburg. Yes, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Did the hint help you? No, I knew that. I knew her voice. Fantastic. Great job. Congratulations. Hope you enjoy the Trump board game. I know you will. Thank and, uh, you. I'm going to have you talk with Steph in just a moment. What's your first name? Margaret. Margaret? Yes. Margaret, where are you calling in from as you listen to Good Morning Orlando on this beautiful Wednesday morning? Claremont. Beautiful. I bet it's a beautiful morning out there, isn't it? It is. <laughs> I love Claremont. Thank you for listening to us from Lake County. We do appreciate it, Margaret. Oh, you're welcome. We love you here. <laughs> That's good to hear. Thank <laughs> you so much. I'm going to put you on hold. You and Steph will make the arrangements on the prize. And congratulations to you. Took a while, Yaffe. Does she bear? Does Ginsburg bear a resemblance to the to the rapper B.I.G.? Apparently, I, she does. I I don't know. I have no idea where that came from. I'm not in the market for a Ruth Bader Ginsburg T-shirt. It's unbelievable. No? No, you don't want to get one? She's got all kinds of paraphernalia. Not asking for that, that people... for Christmas this year? No, I'm not. <laughs> uh, no, I'm not. Uh, anyway, um, you know, she's one of the left-wing nut jobs on the United States Supreme Court. Been there forever. Anyway, we have a winner. Now we have Rush standing by with a Rush Morning Update. Good morning, Orlando. Good morning to you at 7.57. Deb coming by with the news in a moment. I'll give you a couple of the headlines. You'll be hearing more on these stories and others moments from now. But I want to wish you a very personal invitation to all of you uh, who listen to us to come on out on Memorial Day, Monday, next Monday at 11 a.m. to Glenhaven Memorial Park on Temple Drive in Winter Park. It is a beautiful setting for the annual Memorial Day ceremony. We Remember Them is the title this year. Uh, you will hear great patriotic music from the incomparable Charles Hogabrooks. I'll be privileged to be your MC. 
I've been doing this for 25 years now. It's a wonderful one-hour ceremony. If it's bright and sunny and hot, they've got tents to protect you from that. If it rains, they've got the same tents to give you protection. The Winter Springs High School Army Junior ROTC will be in uniform of various wars. We'll have Civil War and Revolutionary War reenactors. It is a great patriotic outpouring as we pay tribute to all of those who have given the last full measure of devotion in service to this country in the wars our country has fought for the freedoms we cherish. It's Memorial Day unlike any other at Glenhaven Memorial Park next Monday at 11 o'clock. I hope to see you patriots there. Deb highlighting our news now at the top of the 8 o'clock hour. More on an historic drop in Florida's crime rate and a new report card on the health and the well-being of women here in the Sunshine State. All ahead. Good morning, Orlando. For you from the Front Gate Realty Studio, visit laurahasthebuyers.com. We are glad you're with us at 7.59. Good morning, Orlando. You're on the 50,000-watt front porch on a gorgeous Wednesday morning. Nice change in the weather. Hope it holds. At 8 o'clock, we update you now on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning, Florida's crime rate drops to a 47-year low and a new report card on the health and well-being of women in Florida. We'll give you the grade coming up in one minute. And we've got one of our top flight News Radio 1025 national correspondents standing by to give you the very latest on this North Korean summit. Is this going to happen or not? Or is it going to be delayed? The latest in a moment on Good Morning Orlando. And good Wednesday morning. It's 8.03 on News Radio 1025. More than 600,000 crimes were committed in Florida last year, but that was actually an improvement. The crime rate went down by 6%, reaching a 47-year low. That's welcome news for Governor Rick Scott, who says the lower the crime rate, the easier it is to recruit businesses. As I talk to companies about moving and expanding here, they want to make sure taxes are low. They want to make sure we have a great education system. But they want to live in a safe community because they know all their um, employees want to live in a safe community. There are seven different categories of crime, and six of them were down last year. The only exception was rape. Almost 8,000 sexual assaults were reported in Florida, an increase of almost 5%. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. To that end, Florida gets a passing grade for the health and well-being of its women, but just barely. It's a C-. minus. Julie Anderson with the Institute for Women's Policy Research says one of the biggest threats to the health of a Florida woman is her partner. Almost half of women in Florida experience psychological aggression from an intimate partner in their lifetime. Over a third of Florida women face physical violence from an intimate partner and 13% face sexual violence, including rape. There's also been an increase in the number of suicides by women. Florida now ranks 30th in the nation. Forecasters at the National Hurricane Center now say there's a 50% chance that a disturbance headed for the Gulf of Mexico could become a tropical depression. The system is located just east of the Yucatan Peninsula. It's producing a large area of cloudiness and showers extending from the northwestern Caribbean Sea across Cuba and into Florida. Whether the system becomes a depression or not, much of the Sunshine State can expect locally heavy rainfall and possible flooding through the Memorial Day weekend. Governor Rick Scott is urging Floridians to prepare for significant rain and possible flooding as the state continues to monitor the development of that weather system in the Caribbean Sea. The governor has also directed the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission to pre-position and stage its high-water vehicles and all other flood response resources for rapid deployment if needed. Meanwhile, scientists say more sinkholes are possible in Florida this year because 
of heavy rain and tropical storms. Hurricane Irma alone is blamed for more than 400 of them opening up just last year. Tampa Bay sits in what geologists call Sinkhole Alley, which runs along the I-4 corridor and up to Tallahassee. The top 10 counties for sinkholes in Florida are Pasco, Hernando, Hillsborough, Marion, Pinellas, Citrus, Polk, Orange, Seminole, and Lake. Yeah, we have them all over. And uh, up in the villages right now, they got more and more opening up. And they've got up in Marion County, they got it opening up near a school, right? Yeah, the depressions were found yesterday morning outside Ocala's Forest High School near a parking lot. Uh, The holes are estimated to be as much as 20 feet wide, but the school isn't in danger and no evacuations have been ordered. But yeah, and Sumter isn't even on that list of the top 10 sinkhole counties. And of course, that's where the villages are located. I mean, they're looking at, I mean, it's it's like over a dozen sinkholes that have opened in one subdivision. Yep. And you just don't know where it all ends. Exactly. And you lost your dream home to a sinkhole. I did. It was one of those slow moving ones, not one of the ones where the house implodes into the ground and disappears. But, but you know, the stuff houses are made of, you know, if, if the ground moves an inch or two, rips it to shreds. And that's what happened to us years ago. And finally, good news. Sleeping in on the weekends could help you live longer. Good deal, because I'm heavy into doing that when Saturday and Sunday roll around. (laughs) You and me both, bud, man. A new study has found that people under the age of 65 who get less than five hours of sleep on the weekend had a greater risk of early death. Swedish and U.S. researchers studied over 30,000 people over a 13-year period and found that those who get less than five hours of sleep during the week, but who sleep in on the weekends, however, had no greater mortality risk. So the authors of the study say their findings suggest that if you don't get much sleep during the week, you can make up for it during the week. Well, look who woke up in the control room. Yaffe's really been listening on this one. (laughs) Done. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I I mean, that's what I do. I sleep in really late on Saturdays. Do you really? What do you call really late for you? I mean, noon. Like, really? Oh, wow. Yeah. Awesome. I'll sleep sometimes 12 hours Friday That's a night. hibernation, Yaffe. It's a Saturday morning. <laughs> yeah. But that that's what makes it. I mean, I know yeah. during the work week, I'm lucky if I get four hours of sleep a night. Yeah. Four to five is, is if I'm getting five hours, I'm doing something right. Yeah. And if I, take, get, if know, I get five or six, I'm happy. But uh, And otherwise, I can't even function. Yeah. And, I, and I take naps, but it's just not the same yeah, as get, getting straight sleep. No, you got to have straight sleep. So you've got your marching orders, gentlemen, for this weekend. Sleep in. There you go. WFLA News Time. It's 8.07. Read about, speaking of Sweden, Sweden distributing pamphlets to its residents, quote, be prepared for war, end quote. You can get the details at 1025wfla.com. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. From News Radio 1025, this is Good Morning Orlando. Deb, it's Wednesday. Half an hour from now at 8.40, you and attorney Jeff Kaufman with Legal Briefs. Give us a quick idea of what you're up to here. Well, we're going to talk about that uh, senior prank with 20-plus students in Maryland uh, faking a school shooting. We're going to ask legally what can be done for them. Legal uh, Michael Cohen's business partner, uh, word that uh, flipping, again, Michael Cohen might be under more pressure to flip. But what we really want is to answer your questions. So if you have a pressing legal matter and you'd love some free advice from the only attorney licensed in 18 states, Text us to us at 23680. Yep, and uh, give us a couple of lines right now, and uh, and uh, we'll see whether we can get you on the radio later. It's Legal Briefs at 840 every Wednesday with the Deb Meister and uh, renowned attorney Jeff Kaufman. In a moment, an update on this North Korean summit that's supposed to happen in a couple of weeks. The president's been talking about it. What is the latest? Stay tuned. We have a live report. 
Right after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes here on News Radio 1025 WFLA, and right after you get your latest chance to win our texting contest, our Make Your Wallet Great Again texting contest. New keyword coming right up. Text it to 200 200. You could be our next $1,000 winner. All kinds of news related to North Korea, and it goes beyond whether or not this summit with President Trump is ever going to happen between him and the dictator Kim Jong-un in the 12th of June. Let's try to sort it all out and a few other things, too, that we have uh, as we have the attention of our News Radio 1025 national correspondent, Bill Zimfer, joining us again on the 50,000-watt front porch. And good morning to you, Bill. Good morning, Bud. Thank you for having me. Listen, let's get into uh, what the president is saying in Washington on this summit. Uh, but first of all, uh, we know that when it looked like Kim Jong-un was all over the idea of the summit and denuclearization, that he's at least following through on something he'd promised to do with that nuclear site in North Korea. Yeah, uh, they are going to dismantle and uh, take apart uh, their nuclear testing site, which happens to be the only nuclear testing site active in the world today. That's at Pungiri. And a group of journalists are in North Korea to witness this event. Now, it is thought that this may be largely symbolic, since this nuclear testing site may have been damaged, perhaps beyond repair, in the last nuclear test last fall. And uh, they were planning to shut it down anyway. But uh, this is still a symbolic gesture. Year. But it has been an interesting uh, trip for these journalists. They were flown into Wonsan, uh, where they waited. Uh, they were made to wait for a while before finally boarding a train just a short time ago for a 12-hour train ride, then a four-hour bus ride, then a two-hour hike before they can get to this uh, nuclear testing site. Uh, but they are on their way as we speak. Now, yesterday in the White House, the president hosted South Korean President Moon Jae-in and let's talk about what went down there and where this summit meeting scheduled for the 12th of June stands. Well, where it stands depends on who you're listening to now. The president says there's a substantial chance that June 12 could be pushed back, that it may not happen then, uh, and it may have to be postponed uh, depending on what happens from here on out. But if you listen to South Korea, they are much more optimistic. Uh, president Moon saying that he has every confidence the president will not only meet with Kim Jong-un on June 12, but be uh, successful in his talks with him. South Korea's, South Korea's national security advisor says he is not. 99.9% sure the summit will happen on June 12. Still, the president says there are certain conditions that will have to be met before they will sit down on June 12. Still up in the air, bud. Yep, and um, before you go, it's interesting. Deborah Roberts on the news had this story about Sweden, of all places, <laughs> preparing for war. And it turns out you know what's going on here. What is this story? Absolutely. First of all, sounds like we need a punchline, doesn't it, Bud? Did Does. you hear Sweden is preparing for war? Uh, <laughs> yeah, we, yeah we need a punchline after that. But what they're doing is they've set out a 20-page pamphlet to every household in Sweden titled, If Crisis or War Comes. And it's basically uh, what you might call a doomsday prepper guide. It talks about what kind of non-perishable food to have on hand, what to do in case of a massive power outage, how to find a bomb shelter, how to get clean water, how to spot propaganda yeah, or but fake why? News. Why now? Why now? Is it that they're all jacked up because the president's getting tough on on uh, Iran, et cetera, and, you know, the fire and fury talk? 
uh, not long ago toward North Korea. Is that what's going on, do you think? Well, uh, the government of, of Sweden says two things. Number one, they say this is something they should have done a long time ago. Right. And number two, they are said to be a little bit jittery about Russia's activities, that there have been violations of Swedish airspace by Russian military oh, aircraft see. and a mysterious submarine spotted off the coast of Sweden every now and then. Uh, so uh, this is one that uh, <laughs> they say it was a long time in coming, in case you're wondering, bud. Yeah. The last time there was any type of military conflict in the Swedish homeland was 1814. They don't have much practice, do they, getting ready for war? <laughs> yeah, they'll be reading those pamphlets very closely. Bill Zimfer, News Radio 1025 National Correspondent. Always great having you on. Thank you so much, Bill. Anytime, bud. All right, good deal. In a moment, an excerpt from my live interview earlier with an AccuWeather meteorologist on this tropical system that the experts say may make a mess of our Memorial Day weekend. I know you've got plans, so do we, so you'll want to listen closely because that is coming up. I thought it was important enough that when we first came on the air at 6 o'clock that I get immediately with an AccuWeather meteorologist on our great team of weather experts to talk about this system you're all hearing about brewing down in the tropics south of here that could make a mess of the Memorial Day weekend, okay? And whether or not it's going to become a depression or a tropical storm, the consensus is it's going to be a rainmaker for us. Let's get some specifics now as we bring you some highlights from my earlier interview with, um, with an AccuWeather meteorologist, Evan Duffy. It still looks like it's a low, uh, low chance for developing into an actual organized tropical system, be it a depression storm or, or whatnot. Uh, just due to the fact that uh, right now we're not looking at the most favorable conditions uh, ocean temperatures not quite up to the normal, uh, uh, up to the, the the level we need to see development, and there is some wind shear uh, over the system as well. So I'll uh, get that out of the way. But uh, that doesn't really make much of a difference. Even if it were developed, the impacts probably still going to be the same as we head towards the weekend. It looks like it's just going to be awfully wet across the entire Florida Peninsula, even up in the Panhandle on the Central Gulf Coast. Uh, the, the best of the moisture probably, unfortunately, waits for the holiday weekend, Saturday, Sunday into Monday. Could be uh, quite damp across all of Florida. The best uh, chance for really heavy rain uh, being on uh, late Saturday afternoon into Sunday morning at this point, uh, although the system has trended slower and slower, so perhaps Sunday uh, is the best time by the time we get to the weekend. Now, what about the, the Memorial Day um, uh, observances that will be throughout Central Florida? I'm going to be emceeing one out at Glen Haven Park, as I have for so many years, and so many folks join me for that. On Memorial Day itself, might whatever this amounts to have passed pretty much? Uh, looks like it's still going to be stuck in uh, stuck in our na- neighborhood really? uh, for the the holiday as well. In fact, it looks like even on Tuesday and, and into the middle of next week, uh, this tr- stream of tropical moisture isn't going to really be going anywhere, even if the low-pressure uh, system itself that we've been talking about is moved inland. The moisture will still be there, and the reason for all this is the Bermuda High has been a little bit strong here early in the season, and that's created a, a pathway basically from northern southern uh, South America all the way up through the uh, Caribbean into our area. We've just seen a constant stream of moisture, and, and that is not expected to change. Boy, meteorologist Evan Duffy are with our AccuWeather team of experts on with me earlier for an extended interview. We wanted to bring you highlights for those of you who are just with us here in the 8 o'clock hour. Uh, all the more reason to enjoy this welcome break from what we've been going through here with this horrible weather pattern and uh, bright sunshine and blue sky right now. Looks like a good day unfolding. Um, 
Looking ahead, it's legal briefs with uh, Deb and attorney Jeff Kaufman. They're going to be talking about all kinds of things, including what do we do to put the hammer down on these kids who pull these school pranks and bogus threats, okay, including the ones up in, uh, in Maryland that we talked about who staged a senior prank. Twenty of them rushed into a school looking like armed terrorists when they were not. Um, unbelievable situation there. Uh, what kind of legal ramifications might they face? Deborah Roberts back with us here at the bottom of the 8 o'clock hour with a news update. You've got some good news on a bad topic, crime. Yes, that's right. Florida got a bit safer last year, but Governor Rick Scott says the state's overall crime rate went down by 6%. Crime in our state is at a 50 or a 47-year low. So I'm proud to announce that crime in our state is at a 47-year low. There was also a reduction of 3% in violent crimes. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Oh, this is a big oops. Authorities are trying to determine how a box of ammunition fell from a military helicopter and crashed through the roof of an elementary school in Texas. Oh, my. The Yasleta Independent School District says no one was injured, thankfully, when the ammo box hit Parkland Elementary School in El Paso on Thursday afternoon. Wow. The we ammo... think about Parkland. We know yeah. what we think about in Florida, but exactly. this is Texas. This is Texas. Now, the ammo box left a, a hole in the roof and caused a power outage in part of the building. As, as you know, these ammo boxes are big yeah. and heavy. Can't imagine. That thing was... I mean, I mean, Dropping at terminal velocity, 120 miles an hour. I can't imagine. that Everybody all right? Uh, yeah, thankfully, officials say, uh, yeah, nobody was injured, thankfully. Officials at nearby Fort Bliss say they'll reassess flight patterns as part of their investigation. In a statement, 1st Armored Division Combat Aviation Brigade Commander Colonel Jay Hopkins said he was sorry for the damage and grateful no one was hurt. Oh, yeah. Japanese company SoftBank announced the release of its 22-pound dumbbell case for iPhone. The case, heralded as the world's heaviest for the iPhone, is available for purchase on SoftBank's website for around $100. Wait, wait a What are we talking about here? I, and poor Deb, she was out yesterday sick and she's coughing over here. Hit the cough button, take a, take a drink, John. This is amazing. Yaffe, we're talking about a, a, a smartphone. I don't know what that weighs. Maybe a half a pound, if that. Well, this case is attached to a standard dumbbell, which, according to the website, is ideal for watching movies while lifting. <laughs> so you lift the dumbbell with the iPhone on it. Okay, I've got you. The company says the case can also be used as a tabletop, iPhone stand, a doorstop, and a tool for DIY crafts. Isn't that what dumbbells are for? You would think. <laughs> Are we going to make it over there? I don't know. This came <laughs> on just suddenly. Well, listen, I know you were really under the weather yesterday, so we understand it. You've been using the voice a lot. Go ahead as you can, Deb. Well, I don't really want to do this last story, but I couldn't believe it when I read it myself. Today, May 23rd, is officially Stormy Daniels Day in West Hollywood. Come on, give me a break. The adult film star will be given a key to the city today to honor her involvement in the current movement against sexual assault. Really? Of all the figureheads, it's Hollywood. Porn star. I know, but Hollywood. still, I know. Daniels is currently in a legal battle with President Trump and his attorney, Michael Cohen. Yeah. She's fighting to get out of the non-disclosure agreement she signed in 2016 that prevents her from speaking about her alleged affair with uh, Trump. Fair enough. Deb, I am going to let you 
back off the gas here for a minute. Get ready for the legal brief segment with Jeff Kaufman, and I will stand by to take over if you need me to. All right. Um, if the voice goes on the fritz. Among other things, you're going to be talking with the attorney and get a legal perspective on what we do about these bogus school threats engineered by kids around the country. And the worst of them all, we have just seen 20 kids pulling a senior prank looking like they were a bunch of terrorists coming into school uh, with guns. And they, they were not real guns, but they looked and they sounded like real guns because they set off fireworks to make it sound authentic. <laughs> it's outrageous what happened. It could have been deadly. And uh, we're going to find out just what kind of legal uh, liability they might have. I frankly think, I hope that they can get hit with some big-time charges and penalties. But we'll see what attorney Jeff Kaufman has to say. And if you want to text your legal questions to Jeff, do it now at 23680. Just give us a couple of lines summing up what your personal legal questions are. How am I doing all right? You are doing fantastic. <laughs> legal briefs with the Deb Meister and attorney Jeff Kaufman coming up. Stay tuned on that. We'll have it right after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. It's Wednesday at about 8.40, and that means it's time for Legal Briefs with Attorney Jeff Kaufman, nationally recognized personal injury attorney, the only attorney licensed in 18 states. Welcome back, Jeff. Good Wednesday morning. Oh, it's a a great Wednesday. Isn't it? It's beautiful. Finally, some sunshine out there. We've got a lot to get to with very little time, so I want to start off today's Legal Briefs with a story that Bud actually uh, broke earlier this morning about a group of students three days before 10 people were killed in a school shooting in Santa Fe, Texas. A small group of students at Bowie High School in Maryland pulled a senior prank that the local police chief called reckless. They wore black masks. They set off fire uh, fireworks to make it sound like real gunfire, squirting people with water guns. The school district will decide whether any charges will be filed against the students who pulled the stunt. But what's your take on this? Again, you're the only attorney in the country licensed in 18 states. Are you licensed in Maryland? Yeah, I, I actually am licensed in Maryland. Uh, this is really an old issue. It seems like a new one, but it really isn't. It's uh, They teach it in law school. The really? idea of calling fire in a, in a crowded theater. Okay. Uh, it was a joke. We didn't mean it. It's still a crime. And in this case, you know, these students did commit a crime. And in today's world, you know, the damage that could have been caused yes. is is ungodly. They could have been killed. Yeah. I mean, they, a school resource officer could have shot and killed one of these pranksters, and then all heck would have broken loose. I mean, this was a very dangerous situation these kids put themselves and their fellow you know, educators, everybody else into. And just because you have a fake gun doesn't mean that the intent isn't what it is. So what kind of charges could they possibly be looking at? Well, you have criminal mischief. I'm sure they had to call the police. I'm sure it cost them some uh, issues there. Uh, potential assault because, you know, you put people in fear. You didn't have to mean to do it, but they, there's a term called intent. It means known or should have known. All right. So you just don't have to say, well, I didn't know. Well, you should have known. And you're at a certain age where this happens. Now, a lot of these kids are going to be under 18. It depends when their birthdays are. So some of them will still be juveniles and some will be adults. I mean, some could be 18 years old and charged as adults in, this, in the state of Maryland. Now, what if uh, if some of them are 17? Could they still be charged as, adult given, uh, as adults given the gravity of the situation of the prank? They can, but you have to understand the politics in Maryland. Uh, they are very, it's an anti-police state, I mean, which is weird because they have huge military bases and everything else. But if you're talking like the cities of Baltimore and places right. like that, I mean, they... The mayor literally just poops on the police on a day-in and day-out basis. 
So she is going to go out of her way to support these students. All right. Well, we've got a couple of really good um, text questions from our listeners. You can still sneak one in uh, possibly to 23680. First one is a very sad story, but the texter writes in, lost my mother in a fire. Inspector's report showed faulty wiring, defective smoke detectors, and faulty sprinkler system. May I have a case? Yeah, yeah. I think in a case like this, you do. I mean, there, there might be some variables in there, but you got to look at your leash. you got to look at things like that. This is a terrible tragedy, and definitely somebody needs to be called. You don't have to call my firm, but you can call another one if you want to contact me. It's at jeff at whenyouneedus.com, but definitely speak to a lawyer. You, this, this is a terrible thing, and these people should be held accountable. Absolutely. And then uh, our second question from a listener is someone who actually texted in a couple of weeks ago about their child's father being, <clears throat> pardon me, $17,000 delinquent on child support. Florida law maintains the order. He lives in Ohio, gets out of paying with a doctor's note about a bad back, but he's taking a vacation to Florida next week. Should I notify the state that he'll be here? Uh, if if he, the real jurisdiction for him is Ohio, and if the Ohio Ohio is supposed to, most states respect other people's judgments, but in this case, they've already ruled on it. Um, it it's a very tough issue, and I, I think you you probably needed representation in Ohio to kind of force this to happen. He still owes us money. He doesn't he doesn't get a walk away from it. Uh, I don't know if Ohio, I'm licensed in Ohio, but I don't do uh, domestic cases there. Uh, I, there, there could be license issues with him, but you definitely have to keep going back. But if he's injured and can't work, uh, it's going to be very difficult for you to get that money. But this person could still reach out to you at Jeff at when you need us dot yeah. com to get yeah, some more further advice. She really probably needs to seek an Ohio attorney okay. uh, who's actually working in Ohio in the city who knows who knows the court systems there a little better. Okay, and last I but, know, you want to take Mike Yaffe to task yeah, on something yeah, that he yeah, had Mike, said earlier. Mike, Mike, I love you and everything else like that, but don't poop on GEDs, man. <laughs> you don't realize that GED is, has the same effect as a high school diploma. You can get into any college. Yes, you are not probably not going to get into Harvard with a GED, but you will get into any state college. You will get into any community college. And I, I send people to their GED class all the time because... You know, a lot of people fall out of school, and this is a great opportunity. All they do is get their GED. They can take go to community college in the state of Florida. And if you get a, if you get your degree AA in Florida, this any state college has to take you here. So GEDs are not a joke. I know a lot of people, and and I got good news for you. When I went into the army at seventeen years old, they gave me a GED. You know what it allowed me to do? Practice in eighteen states. Oh, there you so, go. Uh, All right, you know, I don't stand... be don't be so quick to jump on that. <laughs> For folks who are corrected. just joining us <laughs> yeah. in our seven o'clock hour, I was that. I was talking about putting the hammer down on these kids yep. who pulled this school prank you've been talking about here up in Maryland, staging what looked like a mass shooting and making it look and sound very authentic. And and I said, you know, I want these kids behind bars. I want them denied graduation. And Yaffe said, don't do that. You'll ruin the rest of their lives, right? And then I said, let them go out on their own sometime and get a GED. And then you were, you know, you were, what did you say? Pooping on GEDs, right, Yaffe? Well, I mean, I don't have anything against GEDs. I was just. When I was a prosecutor in Miami, one of these kids said, well, what can you do with GED? I said, put people in jail. (laughs) Right. <laughs> and this kid looked over at me and he looked at you serious. I said, serious, man, you need to, you need to go take the two month course. I have a client right now whose life was, you know, go, he was pretty sad. He lost his legs. He was sitting in his house doing nothing. And I said, listen, you need to go to school. So the first thing you're going to do is you're going to contact Valencia. You're going to get into a GED program. And three months after that, you're going to be going to college and, and that's what you can do with it. And I, th- I think everybody, if you're, if you, if you don't have 
your high school diploma and you've been trying to figure out what you can do, you absolutely have to do this. And if you're anything like attorney Jeff Kaufman, someday you'll get your GED and you'll be able to practice law and put other people in jail. I mean, I went to the Army at 17, so I, I didn't get to graduate high school. But one week there, they gave me the test and, you know, I had my high school diploma. When I got out, I went to Miami-Dade Community College, then Florida State, then Florida, then the University of Tulsa. So, yeah, you can do whatever you want as long as you're willing to move forward. And you got to make sure you go to school and study. And speaking of Real quick, for our last few seconds, you've got something very, very cool that you're offering for free on your website. Give us what it is and your website address. Yes, our website is whenyouneedus.com. Nothing is more important in your life as far as responsibility than filling out your will. Get your will together because what happens is this, is that God forbid something happens, there are going to be a lot of people wondering what to do. And nothing is worse than watching two siblings fight over whether to, put you, over whether to turn the machine or on or off. And everyone has their own opinion about handling that. Well, that's your decision to make, not your mother's, not your father's, not your sister's, not your wife. Make that decision so they don't have to. And on our website, we have three documents that will allow you to do it, and it's absolutely free. And there's a terrible video with me with bad hair giving you exactly (laughs) advice on how to do this. So take advantage of this at whenyouneedus.com. We do not charge for this. You know, it's, it's, you know, my dad passed about two and a half years ago and thank God he had these documents together so that our family, you know, was given a lot more peace than we would have been. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's really what you're doing is you're giving your family members peace of mind that they're not even going to realize they're going to need until that dreadful moment comes. Oh yeah. So when you need us.com. Thank you once again, attorney Jeff Kaufman at when you need us.com. He's here every Wednesday at eight 40 for legal briefs. Keep it right here. Bud Hedinger will be back to chair the 50,000-watt front porch on News Radio 1025 WFLA. While we're on the Trump train here this morning, the president was tweeting late last night that he is livid because he believes, and I think he may well be right, that they put the informant or informants into the Trump campaign, did the FBI not to try to identify Um, you know, anti-election activity and election meddling on the part of an unfriendly power, Russia, but to spy on the Trump campaign so they could give information to the opposition and help Hillary Clinton get elected president. Also on the Trump train here, Reuters does a tracking poll on the generic ballot And all for the past year without exception. They do this, I think it's like every week. And the generic ballot, the Democrats were ahead of the Republicans. People would prefer just to, just if they see Democrat, they're more inclined to vote Democrat than Republican. And this has fueled, with other factors as well, the Democrats' dream of a tsunami, a blue wave in the midterms that sweeps the Democrats into control in the House and the Senate, sets the stage for possible impeachment proceedings against Trump because they loathe him so they want him out and they think that's the way they might be able to do it. Suddenly, just this day, the latest Reuters tracking poll, the Democrats are not ahead anymore. On the generic ballot, the Republicans are 40.5%. The Democrats are six behind at 34.5%. It's a huge sea change, and if it, if it holds here, it indicates that the tide is turning, that the president has the economy humming, 
People vote based on how things are in terms of their own personal economics in the bottom line for them. They're doing better. They've got jobs, full employment, etc. And the Democrats just don't have a compelling message except we hate Trump, and that's not enough. So watch for it. Very interesting change in that. That's it for Deb, for Yaffe, for Steph, the Budman. See you tomorrow. God bless you and God bless America. <laughs>